0: This is the Locked On Clemson Podcast. Plenty of good news to go around for the Clemson Tigers on National Signing Day. Matt Smith here with you. Of course, if you operate the way Dabo Sweeney does, the hay was long in the barn, but he had plenty to say today, and we're going to let you hear it. This is the Locked On Clemson Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we really like bringing you the insight to what's happening with Clemson Athletics. And today is not just about the Tigers and the Cavaliers tipping off tonight in ACC hoops, but also about what Clemson has accomplished in the recruiting game, becoming one of the true blue bloods in college football and recruiting at the highest level. And we'll go over that very quickly here. I like the 24-7 sports composite rankings because... And what a wise move from 24-7. Don't think that you have the proprietary keys to recruiting rankings. No, they take in the recruiting rankings uh, from rivals and ESPN, other ser- services, and their own. And then they make a composite. And so that gives you a pretty clear picture. If you're high in the composite rankings, that's a no-doubter that you are accruing the kind of talent to compete for your conference championship or the college football playoff. And Clemson right now sits third in the 24-7 composite rankings. The top three, Georgia, Alabama, and Clemson, followed by LSU, then Ohio State. So that's your top five. So you can argue all day long and and discuss it, as Will Merritt and I did last week, uh, or earlier this week, Will Merritt. Uh, former All-ACC lineman who played with some highly recruited players that went on to play in the NFL. And he was a guy that came out of Wren High School and kind of had to fight his way up the depth chart to become an All-ACC lineman. So everybody's going to have a different point of view. But if we go 30,000 feet, it can't be denied. You need to recruit at the highest level in order to compete at the highest level. You can do it the way some teams have done it over the years where Virginia Tech or Mark D'Antonio at Michigan State, they were kind of doing those three-star mid-level fringe power five guys and then working on redshirting and developing those players. Jim Grobe had a run at Wake Forest. Paul Johnson did some good things at Georgia Tech. All these things have happened. But to compete at the highest level now in college football and plus – It's not just about pulling that single upset. You've got to run the gauntlet. You have to win your conference title game, uh, unless it's you. We're looking at you, Notre Dame. Win in the semifinals and then beat another quality opponent for the national championship. To do that, to have that kind of marked consistency and win consecutive games against those quality opponents, you've got to have the depth You've got to have the top-end talent. You have to have both. Clemson's had it. That's why they've won national championships. Unless you had it last season, and that's why they're going to compete in the future as well, this recruiting class. So if we dig into it a little bit, Georgia number one, Alabama number two, Clemson number three, LSU four, Ohio State is five, Auburn, I'm, uh, I'm sorry, Texas A&M is sixth, followed by Auburn at seven, Florida eighth, Texas ninth, and Tennessee is 10th. So, you see a lot of the same names up there year in and year out. And, of course, Clemson right in that mix now. Oklahoma's 11th. They uh, just competed in the college football playoff. The highest-rated ACC team outside of Clemson, Miami at 13th. And the highest-rated team that Clemson has on its schedule on a yearly basis, its rival, South Carolina, 18th in the composite rankings. North Carolina's 19th. Tigers could be seeing North Carolina in one of the next two seasons, two to three years in that uh, ACC championship game with Mack Brown and Sam Howe getting things going in Chapel Hill. And the highest-rated team in the Atlantic Division outside of Clemson, the Florida State Seminoles at 21st. We'll see if Mike Norvell can make anything happen there. And we're going to hear from Dabo Sweeney when we come back, and he's going to be talking about – Some of the key recruits in this signing class. Now that these guys have even grown more, these guys, of course, signed in the early period. But we want to hear Dabo Sweeney and his plans for DJ Ungololele, the quarterback, and why he thinks he can do anything Clemson wants him to do. Why Tiger fans should be all excited about defensive tackle Trey Williams, which defensive lineman, in the NFL now that Trey Williams reminds him of. And what Clemson legend, and I mean legend, almost worthy of a statue, does Demarcus Bowman remind Dabo Sweeney of? We'll do that, and we'll also preview Virginia and Clemson on the other side. You're listening to the Locked On Clemson podcast. Dabo Sweeney's comments when we come back. They're already in fringe field goal range, and Lawrence thought one, Dumps it over the middle, Etienne in space, Etienne to the 10, Reeves takes the Tigers! A championship
1: drive from the defending champs.
0: The Locked On Clemson Podcast is here. It's National Signing Day. Always a celebration when Dabo Sweeney is the head coach of your club. And this one is no different. Of course, tomorrow we might be in a different mood because the Tigers have the Cavaliers tonight. And Virginia has won each of the last nine meetings against Clemson. And if you watch Clemson play at Wake Forest over the weekend, you know the Tigers are not playing their best basketball Right now, but Virginia had a bit of a layoff. They had the win over Florida State, then did not play this weekend. Maybe they'll be a little bit rusty. We'll break down in the final segment why we think Clemson has a shot against Virginia, but why the Cavaliers are the favorite team and deserve to be. But when you talk about football, Clemson is the bully now. No longer the underdog in recruiting. Dabo Sweeney goes out. He's very selective. He had a method. He had a game plan. He put it into place, and now Clemson's simply a recruiting machine with that Clemson paw as big a brand as there is now in college football, as big as Alabama, as big as Notre Dame's ever been, as big as Southern Cal has ever been. Clemson goes out and recruits nationwide. And speaking of nationwide, how about DJ Ungalalele from all the way out west? And – you're going to hear Dabo Sweeney comment on DJ, why he's so excited about DJ Ungalele and what he brings to the table, why Demarcus Bowman reminds him of CJ Spiller, and why he can't wait to see Clemson fans watching and being a part of the career of Trey Williams, who reminds him of another Clemson defensive lineman with a big personality who led Clemson to a championship and is playing in the NFL right now. But let's start out with what Dabo thinks DJ Unglelele brings to the table and why when asked if he compared him favorably to a style like Ben Roethlisberger, why Dabo Sweeney thinks there's no need to put DJ into a box.
1: He can do anything. Uh, that's what they said about Trevor too uh, when he came in. You know, uh, he apparently wasn't a guy that could run. I think that that myth has gone out the window. Uh, DJ can DJ can do anything you want him to. I mean, he, he's he's uh, fast and strong and powerful and and uh, he's a he's a very very athletic uh, guy. You know, so there's not there's nothing that we need him to do that he can't do.
0: Coach uh,
1: Demarcus Bowman gets named Mister Football in Florida today. Can you tell us a little bit more? Oh, that happened today. Yes, happened today. Yeah, he's he's special. I mean, he's a uh, he's a uh, uh, you know, he's another version of Spiller. That's kind of what I, when I first put my eyes on him, and that's that's pretty high praise, you know. And I, yeah, that, he's a long way from that. But as far as just high school tape, and explosiveness, and track speed, legit track speed, uh, the ability to catch the football, uh, you know, every time he touches it, he 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 literally can, you know, go the distance. Uh, could return and those type of things. I mean, I just think, I think there's a lot of similarities uh, between the two. You know, coming out of high school, he's a little thicker, uh, probably than than uh, than CJ was, but he's got he's got that type of explosiveness, and it's and it's easy to see, you know, uh, you know, coming out of the system that he's been playing in. Yeah, when you talk about those ready-made D-line guys, what about Trey Williams? And we've seen him since he's got yeah, he, he's a, y'all gonna love Trey. I don't know how many of y'all know him, uh, but y'all will love him. Clemson people are gonna love him. Uh, I was up with his family in uh, D.C. last week. His mom came in, and, he, and he's and he's he's got his because um, uh, he's been living with a host mom and dad, but they're all family and friends. And because he's you know from Connecticut, lives or goes to school in D.C. Uh, at a great school up there. So uh, awesome awesome support group but we just had the best time uh last week having dinner and hanging out and he's got a big personality he's a very self-aware kid very smart um and uh and a and a a dynamic type player i mean he's he's got a little bit of a christian wilkins type of personality uh and he's just you know he's just he's he's kind of a natural leader and things like that um but um you know he's coming off of, of surgery and he's getting better. Uh, he's still got a little ways, but but uh, by summer he should be able to to be cut loose full speed. But I think he's I think he's a, a guy that can play the nose. He could play the three technique. Uh, he can do a little bit of it all. Uh, he's got a good high football, uh, you know, IQ and uh, going to be an exciting young player.
0: And of fans have every reason to be excited about this class for the Tigers and to trust in Dabo Sweeney in the evaluation of these coaches because it's now been proven. Two national championships later, it's been proven that what Dabo and this staff, and Brent Venables, and Tony Elliott, and for years Jeff Scott and others have seen on film, they know what they're getting. In every class. And they know how to develop the guys. And we know what Robbie Caldwell has done. Along the offensive line. And we know that when Dabo Sweeney says. Like Trevor Lawrence. DJ Ungulalele can do anything. You'd better believe him. There's a reason he was so highly recruited. And the reason Clemson is a top three class. Right now in the 24-7 composite rankings. And Comparing DeMarcus Bowman favorably to CJ Spiller, that's some high praise. That is heady. He said that's precisely what he saw when he turned on the film. Now, that doesn't mean he'll have a CJ Spiller like career, but as I've said, Dabo has proven that he can back up this talk. I don't remember what he said about Travis Etienne when he came in, but right now Travis Etienne is returning to campus, and he's Clemson's all-time leading rusher. As a matter of fact, let's hear what Dabo Sweeney had to say about Travis Etienne. Without a doubt, one of the most explosive, exciting, and best running backs in the country. Was Dabo surprised that somebody with this level of talent this level of NFL potential came back for his senior season. And the answer is no. I was pr-
1: initially surprised a little bit uh, because he really told me before the bowl game uh, that he was he was really leaning to coming back. Because uh, usually when I meet with these guys and we have a ton of information and Woody does a great job of really kind of managing all that and meeting with the scouts and getting the grades and and really getting a, a detailed uh, report. Um, on exactly where these guys are—not not all the .dot com stuff—but exactly where they are, and it's just very important. And uh, so, I just when I meet with these guys, because sometimes you know it's a waste of my time. You know, I, so I always ask them. I'm like, you know, before I ever even tell them anything, I'm like, what's your mindset right now? Because I have I've had some guys. It doesn't matter what I tell them. I mean, I could tell them, you know, I've had some guys that I've told, you're not going to be drafted. And they'll look at you and say, oh, I think I will. And they leave. So, okay. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, they got to make the decision. Uh, and they have their mind made up. And, I mean, so there's really no sense in us sitting around, you know, having a big in-depth conversation if, if, um, if they've got their mind made up. But I will say, well, here's, here's kind of where, where it's going to be, and, you know. And they'll say, well, I'm good with that. Um, and then sometimes you have guys that um, – I see the bigger picture. And uh, some guys are patient, some guys are not patient. You know, every, everybody's motivated by different factors and they have different dynamics in their lives, whatever. I, you know, it's really unpredictable that way. Uh, but um, um, uh, I usually ask them kind of where you are. And so when I sat down with, with, uh, with, with Trav, that was, that was the first thing I said. I said, you know, you know, I knew what his grade was. I knew what the comments were. And I said, you know, tell me what you're thinking right now before we get into this. And he said, honestly? And I was like, yeah. He said, I'm thinking about coming back, coach. And I went, really? Um, So that surprised me a little bit because I felt like he was probably going to be more, well, I really want to just kind of see what you got to say before I get into it. But he really was kind of leaning that way. And and I said, well, why is that? And he said, told me why. And uh, I said, Okay. Well, we got a conversation that we need to have. Then here's here's this information, and let's talk about it, and let's talk about what that means, and and um, and so forth. But uh, so I wasn't surprised after the bowl game that you know he said, hey, I'm, I'm I'm really I'm coming back, and he was pumped up to tell me, and he just he's enjoyed his time, and, and I think that for him, um, you know, he 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 got a second round grade. And uh, I think for him, you know, if he if he leaves here as a second rounder next year, I mean, he'll do cartwheels. Uh, but he's got his degree. He feels like he's a little more, um, you know, ready. He feels complete. And I just think, you know, leaving early for him as a second rounder, I think he felt a little incomplete. And so, um, I think he's I think he's the best back in the country uh, in this period. Uh, but you know, I mean, obviously. I – pretty biased uh when it comes to that but he he's got a great future ahead of him and and i'm excited about the fact that he's back he'll be a great leader he's been awesome already um and uh you know we got him for another i don't know how long we don't have not not long what nine ten months or so nine, nine more months or so and but i do think that that's got a chance to really really um pay off for him Spinning, and hit him,
0: and called, hit him. It's a great day for Clemson fans here on the Locked On. Clemson podcast, the Tigers, ranking third right now in the 24-7 sports composite rankings for what they've done in recruiting. But as we know, that's not a perfect science. Recruiting's not a perfect science. Trying to analyze the recruits is not a perfect science and rating how the teams are doing. But we do know this, and I brought this point up earlier. If you just look at the recent success in the college and the participants of the college football playoff, and then you look at the the recruiting rankings here on signing day 2020, Georgia, Alabama, your Clemson Tigers, LSU, Ohio State, Texas A&M, Auburn, Florida, Texas, Tennessee. Now, some of these teams have been hot and cold up and down, but especially there in that top five. Those teams are consistently representing in the college football playoff. Now, we're going to hear Davos Sweeney's thoughts on Chase Bryce's transfer. And you can hear in Coach Sweeney's voice how happy he is for Chase, that he's going to be somewhere and get that opportunity. As a matter of fact, Coach Sweeney, I was in a press conference earlier this season when he said it, that he thought that Chase Bryce, Trevor Lawrence, He had the two best quarterbacks in the ACC. They just happened to be on the same team, which means Chase wasn't going to get his opportunity to start on the biggest stages. Something else Coach Sweeney says here, and and I think he's softened his stance or adjusted it, at least publicly, about transferring. And he continues to say uh, through his press conference today that graduation should mean opportunities and options, and Chase Bryce has graduated. He's got two years of eligibility left. So it's one of those situations you thank someone for their time, their contributions to your team and program, and wish them the best. And he's going, Chase Bryce is, to a great spot in Duke. We've talked about on this Podcast in this very space about what a great fit it is because of David Cutcliffe, who he is as a person, who he is as a coach, how Chase Bryce will be treated there, and then also the opportunity to get to the NFL the same way Daniel Jones did under David Cutcliffe. And and listen, a few others, not uh, not the least of which, two-time Super Bowl champion Eli Manning. So we'll hear about Dabo Sweeney and uh, his thoughts on Chase Bryce and that transfer, how that came to pass, and the conversation he had with David Cutcliffe. That's coming up in a minute. But we want to look at this Clemson and Virginia game coming up tonight. Man, Virginia has won nine in a row. I think it's uh, back to the 2012-2013 season, the last time the Tigers beat Virginia. And it's it's a little bit because Tony Bennett has been able to build something there that I think Brad Brownell wants to build at Clemson, which is a team where everybody buys in on the defensive side of the floor. And Virginia right now getting just enough offense to turn their season around. They were on the outside looking in, but now many of the projections have Virginia either back onto the bubble or just into the tournament. And, and it's due in large part, uh, and no small part, to that upset they pulled over Florida State recently. And that style that Virginia plays, it's tough for Clipson to beat Virginia at their own game. It's like a couple of strong men going at it, and one of them happens to be stronger, and that's Virginia. They slow the game down. Possessions are at a premium. Now, how can Virginia be beaten? Well, if you knock down enough three-pointers or get out in transition a little bit, so much easier said than done. Virginia slows the game down, and and bogs you down and puts you into an arm bar and then eventually squeezes the life out of you like a boa constrictor. But if you can keep your focus and score and force Virginia into a position where they're uncomfortable needing to score, that's when you can get them out of their style, but that's not Clemson's forte. Clemson's forte usually is putting other teams into an arm bar, which is how they beat some of the teams they did earlier this year. Now, a wild card here are players like Hunter Tyson. Who can knock down enough shots from the perimeter, pile up points, and maybe get Virginia's heart rate up just a little bit and get them out of their game. It's very hard to do. And obviously, this is a team that won the national championship last year. And what happened is they were playing this Tony Bennett style, slowing everything down. But they also had a couple of NBA players, some pro talent on that team. I don't know how much pro talent's on this team for Virginia, but here since about mid-January, early early January maybe, this team looks like a Tony Bennett coach team. Maybe not as good and not as much top-level talent as they had a season ago, but it looks a lot like the Virginia teams that have been consistently going to the NCAA tournament and competing for the ACC championship. So I don't know if I like Clemson's chances to get the win, but Every loss is not a killer because this was not a game that anybody thought the Tigers would win at the beginning of the season. Virginia, seven-and-a-half-point favorites. And one thing you can almost count on, this game's going to be so low-scoring that Clemson could, could be in it late. But being down six, eight points, once you're down three or four possessions to Virginia, it's kind of like a football game. You don't want to be down three, four possessions against Virginia because they just have a way of rocking you to sleep and on the offensive end, making crucial baskets, big-time plays at the right moment. They didn't do it in December, but they're doing it here in January and February against this ACC schedule. So I don't like Clemson's uh, chances against the Cavaliers, but – Got to keep the confidence level up. And you also have to find answers to the questions we've been talking about, which is what happens when Amir Sims doesn't have a matchup advantage? How do you get Tevin Mack involved consistently playing like he did against Syracuse with 32 points? You won't get that all the time, but he needs to be engaged in making plays on the offensive end. So does Clyde Trapp. Too much talent on this Clemson team to go out and score 44 points the way they did against, Winston, uh, against Wake Forest and Winston-Salem. It's going to be hard to break 60 against this club and Virginia, but you've got to find answers. What happens when other teams, they've got the film in hand, they know how to neutralize what you want to do with Amir Sims and playing inside to outside. So it's kind of like whack-a-mole. The defense knocks down one of your legs you've got to come up with something else and let's see what Brad Brownell's answer is to what teams have been doing to Clemson offensively the last couple of games all right but we'll finish up with Dabo Sweeney here his thoughts on Chase Bryce I think this is a positive for Clemson's program if Chase Bryce can go to Duke and succeed It only amplifies the message Clemson sends there about all-in, being family. And this is a great illustration of how Dabo Sweeney and this staff are growing not just players but people. And you'll hear why he's so happy that Chase Bryce is landing with a person as good as David Cutcliffe.
1: I I called David. Uh, We talked about what, what, what... the options were, and you know, just making sure we get in the right situation, the right, the right spot. I mean, I love Chase; he's been amazing, and to me, just you know, as I as I've said many times, uh, graduation should create opportunities and options for young people. So it's just the way it is, and uh, you know, he's put the work in, and he came to Clemson. Uh, he achieved what he came here to do. And the fact that he's gotten his degrees created some other opportunities. It's like like another senior, you know, moving on. Whether they're moving on in, to a job or they're moving on to the NFL, um, and what he did on the field here has also created opportunity for himself. It's not like he's some slug that, that nobody knows. I mean, this guy can play. He, he I think he's a pro uh, personally. I think he, I think he's a guy that, that's going to really have a great shot to play at the next level. Um, I think we had the two best quarterbacks in the ACC on the same team last year. It's just what I think. Uh, I think he's that good. And so, you know, I tried to give him some – he was great. And and especially how he handled it. Because I'm going to tell you, Chase, he prepared every single week as if he was the starter. And he was into every play. I mean, you know, Chase and I would talk a lot during games. And and he's very in tune to the game, very in tune to Trevor. You know, all, you know he's making suggestions, tell me what he sees, and we, we just he was almost like a coach, but he was very in tune to what's going on, and just such a selfless young man, so committed to his role, and so prepared to go win the game. And uh, you know, he he and he played. I think he probably played the most snaps of any backup in the country, uh, where, the, where the starter didn't get hurt. I mean, so he, he's got a lot of tape, a lot of tape, and uh, a lot of opportunity to play and develop. I think that was that was important to me, for him to have that opportunity because uh, he deserved it. And um, you know, so um, you know, we never even talked about it. Never first time we, you know, I assumed maybe it would be something he would consider, but he wouldn't even entertain the conversation, ever. Uh, he was just focused on what he was doing and hit this team and being a great teammate. And being ready for his team, uh, so you know, uh, he he. Once the season was over, he, he called me um, when we got back, and we had a good talk about it. We met, and uh, we talked about kind of some options and kind of what we were looking for and what he was looking for. And, and uh, you know, I, I'm very very happy that it worked out for him to go to Duke. And uh, you know, I, I I called David. We had a great conversation. Coach Cuts one of the best people I know. I mean, he, he's, he's one of the top two or three people that I would call uh, for anything. And uh, so just a ton of respect for him. And uh, I think – and obviously he's got a great background with quarterbacks. And uh, so I think it's a good fit. He's got a couple of high school teammates up there. So I think he, it's, a, it's a great opportunity for Chase and uh, super excited for him.